there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Welcome to another episode of the She is Fab podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, mindset transformation coach. And today I have Angela with me. She is a DIY travel mentor. It's both her business and a pleasure to equip millennial women with the tools to be able to take travel bucket lists from idea to reality. Welcome, Angela, or Angie, do you for Angie? Angie's fine. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and give some gems to your audience. Yes, I'm so happy to have you and excited for the conversation. So flesh that out for us a bit more. Tell us more about your background and why you do what you do. Yeah, so it started in 2015, actually, when I was in college, you know, through 2010 and 20, 2010 to 2015, I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, like, I really want to be able to travel places. But I didn't know the first step of how to even plan my own travel, because it was basically all my parents doing the planning, and we would do little road trips and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, like, I don't know how to travel plan first off. And then as a college student, you're on a limited budget anyways. So you're thinking, okay, I probably have to get a big girl job. I have to, you know, do all the typical things. And then maybe when I'm in my late 20s, early 30s, then I can start thinking about traveling. 
but there was just an itching in me. I was like, okay, like I'm going to figure this out. So mm-hmm. in 2015, I finally did figure it out. And I went on my first domestic trip to Ohio of all places, because I'm a super tennis fan. And there was a tournament that was going on. My favorite player actually loves that tournament. So I went there. Mm. I met up with a bunch of people that I actually met on Twitter. And so it was me going on my first solo trip and then also meeting new people. So I'm like, oh, my God, how is this going to be? And it ended up being the best experience of my life. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do more. So I went on a first like international trip to Canada absolutely loved it. So I was like, okay, now I think I can take a bigger step and go full international. So I planned out a whole week trip to London and my heart was in my ch- in my throat. I was like, oh my God, like I'm really going to the UK on my own and I really don't know what's going on there. And I was lost and starry-eyed and I thought, what did I get myself into? And then within a day I adapted and I was like, Okay, I did a domestic trip. I went, you know, just outside of the US to Canada. And now I did a full international trip. So I can pretty much take on anything. And then from there, I've just been planning trips on my own, um, both domestically and internationally. And then with the pandemic, I just thought like, okay, I can either do one of two things, I can just wallow and be miserable about what was happening in the pandemic, or actually do something and be proactive. So I developed a business idea and then I was like, oh yeah, like so many people have asked me how I actually plan my own trips and how I'm able to do what I do. So then I decided to like funnel all that passion into helping other people in the same position that I was in. That's amazing. I mean, first of all, let's talk about some of the challenges, right? Because you are a woman and you're a woman of color. And there are things that can present themselves when you are traveling, let alone traveling by yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that's always, I think that's just the biggest thing with traveling solo. It's just you become really cognizant of everything, like your surroundings, the fact that you are a woman. So you have to just be um, extra careful, like, you know, in terms of maybe walking somewhere at night or just the people that you're hanging out with in general. And then always having those emergency contacts and also, you know, looking at blogs or looking at different things around and seeing like what other female travelers have experienced. So always doing your research beforehand so you can be really equipped whenever you go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I will confess, I've actually never done a solo trip. Like I've traveled solo, but at the destination, I know someone, right? Like if it's somebody that we're meeting up to travel at that point. Or if I'm visiting, you know, family, like even going internationally, I've traveled internationally, but I've met up with people that I know at the destination. So I would love to one day take a solo trip. But like you, I probably have the same feeling where I'm like, uh, you know, unsure, there might be some fear and some hesitancy. Because again, there's things that can present themselves when you're traveling as a woman by yourself. Right, exactly. And that was, I think that was the first step in my unlocking, because I just had all those fears. And you kind of almost put yourself like in other people's experiences, like, okay, like, they experienced this kind of thing. And since you haven't, like, you had that extra fear. 
But mm-hmm. now I just tell people like, you just have to take those steps because not everyone's experiences are going to be your own. So you mm-hmm. really have to take that first step and actually just um, take in all the surroundings on your own. And then as you keep doing it more and more, you just get to learn and adapt to so many different situations. So you feel mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable. I have a girlfriend who travels alone all the time and I'm always like in awe of her. So in relation to your story, you did domestic travel first, then you did Canada and then you did the UK. Are you going to next travel to a place where the language might be completely different, where you might have a little more trouble communicating? Yeah. So the place that in terms of language, like I did go to Mexico and that was a little bit of a change, but it was really great because I think the biggest thing when you're going to another country and the language is different, it's really important to be adaptive yourself. So, okay, there are some people that are going to speak English, but they really appreciate it. If you actually just try and just say a few words and actually Mm -hmm. conversate with them. So, you know, they'll help you out if you're struggling a little bit, but at least if you try to know, you know, basic words like, okay, you're asking for something simple, a thank you, you're welcome, something like that, then it just shows a little bit more respect and cognizance mm-hmm. for the place that you are and instead of almost being um, kind of like an ignorant American, like you shouldn't really mm-hmm. be that way when you're traveling to somewhere that isn't your own country. It's someone else's country that you're just, you just happen to be occupying that space. That's a good point you brought up, right? So Americans, I'm sorry to say this, don't come for me. We're entitled. (laughs) When we travel, yeah. When we travel, we expect that the rest of the world is going to adapt to us. And that's not the right frame of thought or way that you should think. Um, Case in point, I had a trip a couple of years back where I went with a group of friends to Paris and then Portugal. Portugal was a real destination, but we stopped in Paris for a weekend. Um, Two of them had gone to a school in Paris for a year. So they had a little bit, you know, a French under their belt. I studied my butt off uh, to have some decent conversational French. And so the one who ended up speaking the most for the group was me. (laughs) But then get this, the original plan was to go to Paris, not Portugal. Right. The plan was changed last minute. So then here we are going to Portugal and they're relying on my Spanish to translate into Portuguese because there's some commonalities, but not enough. So it was just, we still had an amazing time, but we had some challenges with (laughs) the language. (laughs) Yeah. So that was like me in Mexico a little bit, but all the people were super, super nice. And it was the case also for when I went to Switzerland and I went to Geneva I can do mm-hmm. mostly conversational French. So it was fine for me to have small conversations. But yeah, I think just the trying is the most important thing and then going from there. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, you know, you're doing this for yourself, but you're at a point where now you're trying to help others do that. Uh, you mentioned that folks would ask you, you know, what your process is. So currently, are you offering services where you are planning things for people or helping them plan things? Yeah. So the way I go about my process is I don't really love the notion of a one-to-one model because I feel like, okay, like if you have someone planning your trip, then every time you want to go on a trip, you have to go back to either that same person 
or another person. So that kind of takes your power away because you have to depend on someone else. So what Mm -hmm. I do is that I have my two courses. There's a domestic version for U.S. citizens and then an international version for those that live outside the U.S. And I basically go through a whole itinerary. So like everything for your flights, hotels, activities, budgeting, all of that stuff. And I break down each component into bite-sized pieces that you can implement right away. So it's overall the case of knowing the whole process and like all the bits and pieces to it. So then at the end, you have the process in hand, and then you have the power to be able to craft your own itineraries from there. You don't have to depend on another party to actually customize your own experiences. That's amazing. So I'm curious in terms of your travel, because, you know, people, when they travel, they are interested in doing different things. Is your travel uh, based more so on a group events where you have someone guiding you through the activity? Or is it you solo going and exploring? Or is it a combination of the two? Um, It's usually a combination. So sometimes it just depends on your interest too. So for me, I like to be able to do walking tours in a city. I like to go to museums. I like to go to um, like theater shows. I like to try different kinds of restaurants. So if there's a group tour and walking tours are really great because usually they're free, um, you would just have to pay the the tour guide maybe a small tip of gratuity for having an amazing tour and being an amazing guide. But yeah, usually I would do something like that. Or if I just happen to, you know, be doing some research beforehand, then I'll just like actually map out the city. So I'll just go on Google Maps. I'll see like what kind of cool cafes are around, for instance. And then you can Google and see like, okay, what kind of events are going on? Is there an exhibition going on? Is there a show that you can maybe go watch? Is there different events? So then you start planning from there. And then when you're on the ground too, when you're walking around, you just happen to see things and you're like, oh yeah, that sounds really interesting. So then you can venture off. So it's almost a mix. Like you want to have some idea of what you want to do, but then also like mix that on the ground experience as well. I love that. You're speaking my language when it comes to travel. I love museums. I love architecture. I love exploring. I love obviously eating. Who doesn't? (laughs) But um, there are some folks who they plan it to a T, like every step of the way versus like me. I like to have some things that I know that I want to do and then I leave uh, space open to like, you know, explore. But again, I haven't traveled solo. So keep in mind that this planning and then like leaving things open, there are other folks who are providing, you know, their input. Right. Um. On that note of, of, you know, traveling with an individual, what I find that I enjoy about travel is not just the experience, but you get to share it with someone, right? Right. How do you feel? How have you felt? How have you kind of managed the fact that it is just you and there's no one there that you can share that experience with? Yeah, I think it's really the case. How I got really comfortable with solo traveling was just actually taking myself out on dates just around my city. So whether it was going to a cafe, whether it was going to the movies on my own, just treating myself for the day, there was just such a sense of nourishment and enrichment in that, like just not having, you know, all those combating thoughts from someone else or having to overthink a lot of things. Like you can actually just be in your own space Mm -hmm. and just really enjoy yourself. 
And then when I travel somewhere too, it's just like, okay, I can actually just have everything on my own time. I don't feel like I'm rushed. Like, oh my God, we have to go here in an hour and a half or something. Or no, I'm not really interested in this. Can we have a, no, like you actually get to be the designer of your own day and just really take it at your own pace and really allow yourself to be entrenched in the environment that you're in compared to, you know, being dictated by what someone else wants to do. And I just feel like that's just so freeing and so empowering um, when you're solo. That sounds amazing. And it's true because when you are traveling with somebody else, you have to be cognizant and considerate of, you know, your, well, they have to consider you and you have to consider them, right? Right. In terms of what you want to do, how you want to uh, go about the trip, and sometimes you might want to do something really bad, but something can come up and then now you're kind of stuck. They're not doing that or doing something else because of this other individual. So I definitely yeah. see the pros of solo travel. It's all about you and what you want to do. Yeah. And I think it's just, I don't think it's necessarily a selfish thing. I think everyone just needs that me time because I feel it's almost the metaphor of pouring into your own cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're mm-hmm. filling your own cup, then it's just, it opens up so much more abundance that you can actually pour into other people. And it's just a beautiful thing to see that, you know, you have so much joy in yourself and so much love for yourself and you can really like pour that out into other people. So mm-hmm. I think everyone wins in that situation. That is so true. And you know what? Like, I have friends who don't understand taking yourself out on dates or like you go to eat at a restaurant solo or you go to the movies by yourself. Like, why? And that's just that's a baby step, right? Because you would do the same thing if you're traveling solo, right? You're basically dating yourself, Mm -hmm. engaging in experiences because you're interested and you're not necessarily waiting on somebody else to join you. Right. Exactly. And that's how my traveling really started because I just wanted to do so many things. And I either didn't have the people that shared those interests, or I just got the notion of, okay, I don't really have time, or can we set it up for another time? I'm like, no, we can't push this back anymore. I want to do this right now. So then I just started doing all the things when I wanted to, Mm -hmm. like right then and there. So I know that I am dying to take a trip to, uh, Korea. And then I say, oh, I'm looking for some friends who might want to sponsor me. <laughs> um, but either way, I do want to go there, whether it's with, you know, friends or solo, like I want that to happen. Uh, right. But one of the things that comes along with travel, which you mentioned earlier, that can be a roadblock is money, right? Yeah. People think that you have to have a lot of money to travel. And Really, it depends on what you're looking to do and what experience you're looking to have. But if you can dish out $1,300 on an iPhone, you can definitely afford uh, to travel. It's just a matter of prioritizing. So how have you dealt with the financial aspect uh, when it comes to travel? Yeah, so I think it you alluded to it. It's really what you consider a luxury. So if you want something that's, let's say you want to stay at a hotel and it's 500 a night, just throw it out there. If it's 500 a night and you really want to go there, then budget effectively for it. So if you know you want to go to that place at the end of the year, then what I do especially is actually have a separate account for all my travel related stuff. 
and just start saving up that money. Because if you start making a priority, then you're not going to be like, okay, I'm just going to frivolously spend all my money on these things. No, you're actually going to allocate your energy towards saving for that goal. Or for me, I care more about the actual experiences. So really, I don't mind staying in hostels or Airbnbs, because as long as I have a safe place to be, it's central in a city, and I have a place to sleep, then I'm fine anywhere. So then I can just, you know, walk out somewhere, take transit and have the experiences. So it's really about what luxury is to you. And then, um, what your comfort level is in terms of like, okay, like what you actually need and then all of that, those kind of things. Those are good tips. Definitely assessing, you know, what you're looking to get, where you're looking to stay. Cause yeah, some folks might want to have a more luxurious feel where they want everything taken care of. Then there's those who would rather spend that money on experiences and just, you know, be in a hostel, right? You're just going to go there to sleep. If that's all you're doing, then you allocate your money towards the other experiences. Right. Exactly. And we talked about solo travel as a woman and some of the dangers. Are there any tips you offer for safety when you're traveling solo? Yeah. So I alluded to it probably about 30 seconds ago, but really um, for, so thank you for your budgeting. Okay. Allotting the money for that. But then when you're traveling, actually just carrying maybe two or three cards with you and just having them separate from your main bank account, because you know, anything can happen just generally in life. But if you're in an, if you're in a foreign country and you lose something, you don't want someone to pick up your card and then have access to everything that's really important to you. So having a designated travel card or mm-hmm. cards um, for your funds and everything. So in the case that something gets stolen or you lose it, at least it's just that money that you're losing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you can cancel that card or freeze it and then still be able to pull funds from somewhere else. And then I really don't carry a lot on my person. So it would usually be my wallet, um, maybe my phone. And then I, I have um, a little, like a nice little like portable camera um, lens that I put on my phone. So I don't really have to carry a lot of stuff on me. Because if you're carrying a lot of stuff on you, then you're almost making yourself look like a prime target thinking like, okay, like she's got a lot, she's had, she has a really big bag. So, you know, I can probably someone would come up and be like, okay, I can just pilferage that and probably sell it. Sell all like the Mm -hmm. stuff for whatever. So yeah, just packing um, light as a person. And then generally too, for packing light, I usually do, um, like carry-ons and all that stuff. So yeah. And I just think in terms of safety, in terms of like your carry-on and everything, I always just do a carry-on because especially when you're in the airport um, and you have to check luggage, you never know what could happen. Something could get left in the airport that you're departing from, or, you know, there's an outage with the conveyor belt that happened to me. I had to sit in Miami airport for, you know, two hours waiting for my bag. So if you can just have like everything actually like in the plane with you and then be able to take it um, when you're about to leave. Yeah. That's um, a safety thing. Like even before you get to a destination. Yeah. These are actually all really great tips. And one that I hadn't thought of is having like a separate card or just a separate account in general solely for the travel. I've been lucky where I haven't, you know, had any 
want to try to steal anything or lost anything, but you know, things do happen. That is a really great idea to have a separate account uh, for those expenses in the event that, you know, you lose it or it gets stolen. Also traveling light. That's another point that you shared that is really uh, important uh, to call out. I am guilty of overpacking <laughs> and I get back home and I'm like, I didn't wear even half of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's really good to, to plan, to really accurately plan um, how you'll be dressed, right? One, what's the weather at the location? And two, what activities do you want to engage in? So if you're just going to be going around doing tours, you know, maybe more casual clothes, but if you want to have like a nice dinner somewhere where the attire is a little bit more elevated, then you have that. Don't be like me and throw in everything and anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's good you bring that up too, because for your safety as well, you know, you're considering the kind of outfits that you're wearing, maybe the shoes that you're wearing too, mm-hmm. that could that could get stares from people and maybe put you in a compromising position, especially as a woman. So usually it's the case that for my clothing and my shoes, I usually bring probably about two or three pairs of shoes and make sure that they can pretty much match all my outfits and that they're really comfortable too. And maybe if I'm going to go somewhere a little bit more elevated, then maybe I'll bring like a really nice flat or a maybe like a hooded sandal or something, but something that's mm-hmm. really comfortable because let's say you're walking around in a short romper and some heels, you know, mm-hmm. that could be yeah. a little bit problematic sometimes <laughs> depending where you are. So mm-hmm. you just want to be mindful of um, the kind of things that you're wearing like out and about where you are as well. I definitely agree. I did that one time where we were, uh, this was in Paris. We were going to a museum and we decided to walk there. And I decided that I was going to wear these heeled boots. And there's a lot of cobblestone in Paris, depending on where you are. And let me tell you, I would say 15 minutes from now, I was at a store shopping for a pair of flats. I was trying to be cute and cute did not work out for me that day. Yeah, I'm guilty of that too. Cause especially the winter, like I like a little bit of height too. So I have a couple pairs of heeled boots and there's mm-hmm. cobblestones in various areas of London as well. Yeah. My feet were <laughs> rough after a couple of days. I was like, don't bring these heels anymore. <laughs> <laughs> these shoes are done. <laughs> yeah, but for those of you listening and watching, especially ladies, make sure that your attire matches what you want to do, that you have a couple of options, not, you know, too crazy. And also keep in mind um, the perception of where you're going. And what I mean by that, that the country that you're visiting, that you understand some of the norms when it comes yeah. to attire, because in certain countries, you have to be a lot more conservative than in others. Right, exactly. Like, even if it's a metropolitan city, like, you still want to just be cognizant of those norms and everything. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're traveling solo, you also want to limit attracting attention, right? Because as a woman, you already attract attention. But then if you're adding clothing that is revealing, that can also put you in a situation. And not to say that it's okay for anything to happen to a woman because of how she's dressed, but let's face it, it does. Right. And it's funny to that point as well. I really try to not showcase the fact that I'm an American. I just really try to blend in with the environment. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. 
so many locals come up to me and they actually think that I'm an English person or that I'm a Canadian or so. I'm like, no, like I'm not really a local <laughs> around here. But yeah, like I just blend into the environment so well. I'm not, you know, super rambunctious or obnoxious mm -hmm. um, as, you know, most foreigners would think Americans are. So I'm just like, keep a low profile and just go about your business. And that's it. That's a good point because, you know, in, in my international travels, I've seen, like, I can pinpoint and recognize other Americans because of how they behave. And it's so sad. It's kind of a little bit shameful that just that's like, the case. <laughs> You're like, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't know them. I'm not no, I, I, I legit do. I'm just like, I, I don't know them. Like, I am not an American. I am just one of you guys <laughs> and I'm just here chilling. <laughs> So again, guys watching and listening, I hope you take these tips and, and what we're discussing and really apply it to your, your travels going forward, especially if you're American. <laughs> yes, please, so, for the love of God, just be a decent human being and not obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> so Angie, one of the things that I always talk about, um, and I actually just had this conversation with somebody, is that we need to expand our minds and broaden our minds. And a good way to do that is through our experiences, specifically getting out of our comfort zones, out of the areas that we know, traveling, you know, outside of your state, uh, your state, and even further internationally. Um, can you share with us how traveling has broadened your mind or how it's helped you to develop as a person? Yeah, it's the case, um, just getting out of physical space, one, and then two, just being able to connect with people, um, usually that maybe you wouldn't see, or just new people that, you know, maybe you could be interacting with online, and then just having that human connection, getting out of your comfort zone in that way. And then probably my favorite way is actually through the food that you eat. So if mm. you're in a different country or so, instead of going to restaurants that you may know like let's say you're in the UK and you just be like okay I want to go to five guys or I want to go to McDonald's or something yes they have some regional stuff at those places but actually go a little bit further and maybe go into some of the local boroughs and really try some of the like London goodies or something or mm -hmm. try a different cuisine that you haven't tried before and what I really recommend for people, especially if they're trying a new food, it's okay to try something that's somewhat familiar to you. So maybe you don't want to eat this dish, but let's say like you see a sandwich or something or a salad and it has some similar ingredients, but then it has a unique spin to it or a take on it because it's a different cuisine then actually just give yourself the opportunity to try that salad. It's the case you don't have to love it, but at least you tried it instead of just being like, oh no, like I'm just not going to eat that. Because <laughs> I just feel that in any circumstance like that, you shouldn't limit yourself. You should just really open yourself to the possibilities because if you don't open yourself up to the possibilities, you're missing out on so many um, amazing things that could be coming into your life. That is so true. Uh, uh, when it comes to food, especially, guys, and again, don't come for me. Like, I get that certain countries have certain things that are unique to that country, like a McDonald's or Burger King or whatever. And like, if that's your thing, okay, fine, go try the exception. But if you're constantly traveling and your go-to is McDonald's or something that you have available to in the U.S., 
what are you doing? You're doing yourself a disservice. The whole point of going out there is to experience things that are different from your norm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's funny too, because for a long time, I was a little bit apprehensive about eating bugs actually. And I know that's Mm -hmm. um, a big thing in a lot of cuisines. So Mm -hmm. here in Miami, there's a great taco shop and they have a cricket taco. So Mm -hmm. they have the crickets and they put it on a um, nice little mountain of guacamole and it's in a nice um, homemade corn tortilla. And I tried it and I was like, oh my God, this is so delicious because you would never know it's crickets. It just melts Mm. in your mouth and it's so nutty. And then when I went to Mexico, I was waiting in line to go into the Frida Kahlo Museum. And then there was a guy just selling crickets like out on the street. And I was just like, yeah, give me. So then I was just eating them out on the street. Like it was just so casual and so normal for me at that point. I've had chocolate covered crickets and they just tasted like peanuts to me. Um, But on that point, you should have an open mind. Like, obviously, you might have some hard, like, nose when it comes to foods. Maybe you have some food allergies or things that uh, are restricted because of maybe religion. Uh, In my case, there's this um, Filipino dish called balut. I know that I would never eat that because, for me, the thought of a baby bird that's somewhat formed and thinking about like the crunching or like just I'm sorry um, for those of you that are squeamish. It just it doesn't align with with me. So that I know for me is like a hard no. But for the most part, I recommend to folks like be open, try something once. If you don't like it after you try it, that's fair. But if you judge something like immediately without having tried it, then again, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? You're missing out on a potential experience. Yeah, exactly. I think it extends even to connecting with different kind of people too. You shouldn't just Mm -hmm. totally write off people. Um, You know, it's about, yeah, just get to know that person. You never know what kind of connection you can make of that person. They could really impact your life. So I always just say like, yeah, be open to everything. Of course, be cognizant of what's going on, but still be open. Yes. And that's the whole point of traveling, right? Because you're looking to engage in new experiences, to interact with different people, to get outside of, of, out of what you know. And so part of that is being open to the various experiences from food to language, to clothing, to the individuals that you're interacting with and even um, cultural norms, right? So certain countries and certain cultures have specific uh, norms that they follow. So having an idea of that as well, because you don't want to offend anyone. Right. And I think that's something I learned a bit more in my coursework in college, um, kind of through my food classes, but then also taking sociology as well. It's just that cultural competence piece is something that so many people maybe don't actively practice or are really like proactive about. And I just think it's so important because we're not all the same. Like everyone has different traditions, different norms, and all of those things should be respected. It shouldn't just be like, Mm -hmm. okay, like, you know, I'm judging you for this, this, and this. No, like this is someone's norms. This is someone's culture this is a part of someone's being. So you should respect that. Yes, guys, definitely be respectful when you travel and, and 
do some research. Make sure that you're not going there and being a dumb American. Don't come for me. <laughs> and don't so come Andy, for me either. We're just trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about the fact that Angie has these two programs. She has one that's about domestic travel, that process, and one about international travel, that process. Uh, and we talked about you know, the potential fear or hesitation with traveling solo, especially, you know, if you're a woman. Angie, is there anything that you recommend for folks to do to help them cope with the feeling, the emotions they might experience with either fear or hesitation? Yeah. So I would just say, uh, we talked about this at the top, but just really take those baby steps. So it's not the case that you have to go to Europe you know, right away, just do something locally in your city at first. So yeah, take yourself out on a date to a movie, to a restaurant or something, and just get comfortable in that. And then take the next step and maybe go to a couple towns over and see how you feel there and have like a little staycation, treat yourself in that way, and then work your way to going to another state. So, you know, you're still in the U.S., but you're experiencing another state. So it's with each level, you're just getting more and more comfortable. And then you're learning things um, at a pretty reasonable pace too, instead of going, you know, from zero to 10 right away, (laughs) you're actually just going, okay, like one, two, three, four. And then when you feel really comfortable, then you can start going out of the country and then you already have those adaptive measures in place. And then you can just really, um, adapt them to anywhere you go, especially if you have um, a process in place already. That's great. Baby steps to get to the goal uh, one step at a time. That advice can apply to anything in life. So so that's great. Yeah. Um, Angie, do so you have these two um, courses? Is there anything mm-hmm. else you have that you're planning and that you're wanting to share? Yeah, so I do have a resource coming out soon. It's going to be a free resource, and it's going to be the most useful apps that I found um, for different aspects of travel planning and everything. And then probably sometime, maybe in the next few months, I might actually do a little bit of planning um, actually for people. Um, It won't be a full itinerary, but it'll probably be things like, okay, mapping out what kind of activities you want to do or maybe hotels. So basically it would be a rough draft of, you know, different kind of um, possibilities for hotels and everything, nothing concrete, but at least it gives you a roadmap to be able to have, okay, you can just be like, okay, I, I have these hotels maybe that I want to plan in the future and then reference back to them and then be able to plan my trips effectively. Um, instead of going to through the whole itinerary on your own. So that'll be something um, that I'll think about in the next few months. That sounds great. I mean, yes, you're offering them sort of like a a starter guide uh, to get the ball rolling, right? To get them comfortable on top of the courses that they could take. And then you have this freebie coming up to help on top of that with uh, information, how they can use these apps to help with their travel planning. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of exciting things in the works. So Angie, how can folks get in touch with you and connect with you? Yeah. So Instagram is the best place because 
I'm always, you know, finding like little um, gems and just really interesting things on there. So my travel Instagram is at the flexitarian travels. And if you're a foodie, um, like we are, then I also have a food Instagram and that's eats with Angie with three A's. Yes, I followed your flexitarian and I forgot about the food. Uh, I do. So I got to go follow because I love I one of my okay. This is a side note. When it comes to Instagram, <laughs> the things that I look at apart from like motivational stuff is animals and food. <laughs> See, you can't go wrong because food is just like, oh my God, like just so comforting. And then animals are just so fluffy and cute. You're just, oh my God, so uplifted. Yes, I feel like if I was rich, I probably would have a farm with like a ton of animals. <laughs> Oh, anyway, <laughs> off to the segue, coming back to it. Um, so we're going to put all of Angie's details and the podcast details and the YouTube details so you guys can follow, like, subscribe to her. You know, if you're traveling, definitely check out what she has to offer. If you need a little more in-depth guidance, she has these two courses, again, to help with both domestic and international uh, travel. Angie, any last thought that you want to share? No, I think we pretty much got everything, but I just really just love being able to um, share some insights with everybody and just really be able to help in any way I can, because I don't really feel that travel should be reserved for, you know, the top five or 10% or so. It really can be a gift for anyone to be, um, to really enjoy and be enriched by. So I really want to be able to give that access to people instead of it almost being trade secrets. I'm like, no, like, you, you know, you can just get access to people. Yes, that is so true. And I'm so <laughs> glad that you are, you know, providing this information for folks and educating folks really so that yeah. they can travel more and take advantage. As she said, it's not just for the five, 10%. We can all do it. It's just a matter of prioritizing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Angie. This conversation was so fun. And obviously I learned, especially when it comes to the financial aspect of travel. Yeah, I think that's almost like the overlooked part because everyone sees all the really fabulous pictures and that's great. But then you think, well, how can I actually do it? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the money doesn't go on trees. So you have to have <laughs> some way of being able to <laughs> finance it and everything. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So guys, if you want to learn a little more information and continue to follow to get her tips to get her resources, again, make sure you connect with Angie on her platform, which is IG, both for travel and for food. Yes. (laughs) Thanks again, Angie, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you. All right, folks, as I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. 
That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com